it's episode 106 of the Utah Royals FC show. I'm Cindy Lara, and I'm joined today by Lucas Mueller. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Cindy. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing really well. Thanks. Yeah. And today, it's super fun and exciting because we're also joined by our special guest, Utah Royals FC midfielder, Vero Boquete. Vero, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm I'm doing good, and uh, I'm happy to to be here uh, with you guys. Yeah. Did you have practice today and kind of getting ready for Saturday? Yeah, yeah. We train basically almost every day. We normally our rest day is on Wednesdays. Okay. And, uh, the rest of the week we are there on the field trying to get better every day. Yeah. How long is your practice usually? Um, I will say on the field, we are never more than one hour and a half. Normally, mm. it can be 60 minutes, can be 70, 75. But uh, we spend more hours uh, also at the stadium um, watching some clips or uh, doing like a treatment or some protocol so we don't get injured. Mm. So we also have lift sessions. So at the end, we... We spend like kind of uh, a lot of hours uh, at the workplace. Yeah, it's when you think about like a professional soccer player, you think all they do is, tr- you know, play soccer the whole day. But definitely a lot more involved as a professional soccer player. Um, well, yeah, Vera, thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited to chat with you. Um, if you're a follower of Utah Royals FC, for the fans, you know how important her addition was to Utah. Her professional career began in, ni- in 2005, and then she also has a international career with the Spanish national team. Captain, I believe, as well. Um, so I know the fans absolutely adore you, and we love watching you also. Um, we think you have improved the midfield quite a lot. So thanks for joining the NWSL. <laughs> No, it's my pleasure to be here and and to be part of uh, the Utah Royals uh, team. Like when I have the opportunity to come here, one of the biggest reasons for me was uh, to have Laura Harvey as a coach, and she was the first one to to convince me to come to to Utah. And uh, yeah, and I I have been here now for two seasons and enjoying this this league and enjoying the the team. Yeah. Um, which thank you, Laura, for, I guess, if we ever get a chance to talk with her. Thank you, Laura, for bringing Veril to us. <laughs> um, so one of the questions we like to ask usually everyone guest is we want to know about, obviously everybody knows what you've done, the teams you've played for, at least mostly everyone should. But we like to know how you got started with soccer. What At one moment in your life did you decide that soccer was the sport you wanted to play and yeah, what? How did you? How did you get started? Yeah. Yeah, for me it was kind of easy because my my dad is a soccer coach and I have a older brother, three years older than me, so I just wanted to be like him. And he was always playing soccer with my dad and his friends, so I was doing exactly the same. And uh, in that time in Spain, it was not that common to see a, a girl playing soccer. So I have to to deal with so many barriers, like cultural barriers and um, like a macho culture that we had in Spain. Mm. At that time, and I will say almost until now, I, but it's obviously getting much better. Um, and yeah, like I just fall in love with this sport. And um, in the beginning, I, I never thought that I could be professional playing soccer because that was no option for for a girl, um, so I I never dreamt to to be professional because I even didn't knew that that was a, a option for me. But when I start to realize that there were other teams, where other countries where where you can become professional, then I was like uh, even more serious about it, and I just have the dream to to do it. And uh, yeah, finally I just did it. <laughs> So I would be curious to hear, you know, growing up, uh, aside from your dad and your brother, what players inspired you? Like, who did you love to watch? And even, like, who do you like to watch now? 
Um, my dad is a Barca fan, so I grew up watching so many games of Barca, and um, I started to play as a central back. Everyone is surprised about it, but yeah, that was my beginning with six, seven, eight years old. I was the only girl playing with boys, and I was the the strongest one. So my coaches put me on uh, on the back uh, as a defender, and from there I I went. Uh, going higher so in that moment like uh, we have good players in in Barcelona and uh, I I grew up watching even Pep Guardiola as a player Mm -hmm. then uh, I remember my first uh, kind of uh, idol or the player that uh, impressed me the most was uh, Ronaldo the Brazilian player Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but then I I grew up watching so many Spanish players as um, uh, Xavi Hernandez, uh, Andres Iniesta, mm. uh, then also obviously Messi. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I say all these names, looks like I'm a Barca fan. I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not because uh, I was uh, lucky to to play in Barcelona, but for the other club in the city, Espanyol. So after that, I can't be a Barca supporter because, um, uh, yeah, there is some hate <laughs> in the middle. But yeah, I think that um, I have been following the best players in the world because uh, in Europe we watch all the leagues, Premier League, Spanish League, Serie A in Italy. So um, yeah, I have so many lessons on TV because you always pay attention and you learn from the best. Mm. So Cindy and I are both um, Tottenham Hotspur fans. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, with uh, uh, Pochettino, like we know about the Espanol rivalry, but you did mention a lot of Barcelona players for <laughs> an Espanol fan. Yeah, I, I, I recognize uh, the quality. So obviously <laughs> um, players like, uh, like Ronaldo, Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, they are... They, they were and they are one of the best in the world. So um, also in the case of uh, Xavi Hernandez and Iniesta is more for all that they did with the Spanish national team. Mm-hmm. We were never a, a big, big national team. And during a few years, we just won everything. And I really believe that they were uh, key key players for, for that success. So, yeah, but um, about Pochettino, actually, I... I have I, I met him and we have kind of some connection because uh, he started his career as a as a coach with the women team in Espanol. Oh. So uh, yeah, he he finished his career as a player. He took his uh, license coaching and he has to do six months of uh, uh, kind of uh, practice and he did it with the Espanol uh, women's team. So we always wow. say that the, all his success is thanks to, to us, the, the women. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, sometimes we even talk about it because um, he has like a really uh, appreciation for us. And uh, I still remember when I was in Espanol and we have some uh, important games going on and he was already the coach of the men team and he will come to our, our training and uh, he will talk to us and... And that is, uh, is it was important for us. Yeah, I had no idea. That is super cool. Yeah, same. And just a little note with, I, I can see why Vero would mention all those Spanish players. I remember watching the 2008 Spanish team, and they made me just completely refall in love with soccer again. I had never seen soccer played so beautifully. Um, was when they won the... Was it the Euro Cup? Is that what it's called? It was the Euro Cup. World yeah. Cup, Euro Cup. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So that run from 2008 to, to the World Cup and then 2012, I was just in awe of that team. So I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> kind of shifting gears a little bit, Vero. Um, kind of, you know, back here in Utah with the NWSL, um, it's been kind of a tough season on a lot of fronts. Like, Aside from this once-in-a-century global pandemic, the Royals have been through a lot between losing Laura Harvey, Scott Parkinson, leader Jason Batty. Um, you know, Craig came in as a new coach, is now on a leave of absence, kind of up in the air with that. But, like, 
things happening with Deloitte, things happening with Andy Carroll, um, you know, a, kind of a crazy unprecedented challenge cup, a fall series that doesn't really, like it's kind of almost glorified friendlies in a way. Like what has this, this year, this whole 2020 season been like for you? It seems like you're kind of a constantly positive person. Like, do you feel like you've maintained positivity through all this? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, this 2020 had been like a, for sure a challenging um, year. And I will say that like the best word for this year is crazy because uh, so many things happen and uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. Uh, like this pandemic thing is is just crazy. We never live at something like this, but uh, I remember it just the first days in the pandemic, we were locked down and we have the, the earthquake. So I was like the first time living yeah. that situation too. So I was like, okay, this is the end of the world. This is it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then during the... All the season, uh, so many up and downs, and uh, we were able to to finally be back on the field and play that uh, Challenge Cup. That uh, it was kind of a relief for everyone because we were no hundred percent sure about it, and and then we really enjoy it, and uh, at least we we were back on where we belong, that is on the field. Um, and then all the things that happen also with uh, all the organization in the club and everything that uh, has been going on, it has been tough. Um, I can't lie about it. Um, mm. I'm really proud of uh, everyone in, in the Utah Royals team because uh, we have been through a lot and uh, everyone finds the way to go through. So I think that that is really important. We we are stronger as a team uh, than we were in the beginning of the season. And we have uh, some learning and some experience that uh, it's going to last forever. We always going to remember this year and all the things that uh, we we have been through and uh, how we, we deal with the situation the best of our capacity. Hmm. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Um so, yeah, you know, Dolly Hansen is definitely a guy who has certainly had his set of issues, um, but he's done a lot for the Royals. Like, what what are you hoping for in the next ownership group of RSL and the Utah Royals? Um, I just expect someone that I um, understand uh, that we are, uh, we are persons that play soccer. So uh, I think that that is always the most important thing. And um, we have to be grateful to the law for all the things that he have been doing, and especially with the women's team, because uh, yeah, he was fantastic uh, with everything that uh, he support us. But obviously, there are things that they, we can't um, defend, and um, especially in a sport, because uh, in a team, everyone is from different uh, places, different countries, different cultures, different religions. Uh, races, uh, everything and we just love each other and we love that diversity and we can't be in a place that uh, people don't understand that. So um, we expect that the new owner um, feel the passion for this sport, feel the passion for uh, all the, the values that the sport bring to us and, um, and that uh, give us the opportunity to compete in the highest level with uh, the best conditions possible. And um, that is the only thing that we demand, just to be able to do our job in the best way and feel supportive and respectful and uh, our performance will will do the rest. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so talking about this season a little bit, um, I think one of the highlights has definitely been a lot of the youth that's coming through, um, getting really meaningful minutes, players like, King, Delfava, Mimon, Vincent, etc. Like, who who are you excited about coming through right now? Like, who do you think kind of has the highest ceiling as a player? Um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough question because um, during all my career, I have been or I have seen different situations. Players that uh, you think that they are uh, not good enough for the highest level, and then they are, and players that um, they could have more minutes and have the possibility, but maybe the coaches don't believe in them. Uh, other players, they, they are training great, but they don't deal with pressure in games 
and uh, in the other way around. So it's hard to 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 say players, oh, this one is gonna be. Mm. It's hard. It's hard because uh, then is the day. Every day you have to show up in training and you have to get better, and also you have to get uh, the the trust from the the coach staff, and uh, then you have your opportunity and you have to do it well. Um, so. I'm just happy to to be in a place that uh, we have so many young players that are hungry, hungry for for a spot, hungry for uh, success, for titles, and that make our environment better because mm-hmm. uh, they want to learn, they want to be better, and uh, that means that they push the experienced players too to to ha- to be higher every day. So um, yeah, I I would love to see. Uh, Gabi Vicen more times in on the field. I will uh, love to see Madinolf uh, to get also more minutes. Uh, I will love to see how C develop in the next seasons. Um, we have a lot of uh, really good players, and um, yeah, at, at the end is uh, you have to take your your opportunities and um, and uh, do the best that that you can. Mm-hmm. Vera with. Uh... You're obviously one of the veterans on this team. What? How do you encourage players? I mean, well, yeah. How do you encourage players during such a tough year with everything going on, and then your season is up in the air and stuff with the front office? How do you keep morale going during such a tough year? Um, what? I'm I'm a really demanding person. Uh, as a player, I demand a lot for my teammates because uh, I think it's the only way to to succeed. Mm-hmm. I demand a lot from me, and I demand the same from the rest. So during this year, obviously, there were moments where you can't push too much because mm-hmm. uh, it's already a, a really tough situation. But uh, at the end, when we are on the field, that is our place and. Mm-hmm. There are no excuses for for bad performance or for uh, bad training, and I think that um, this team, if we succeed in something, it was that to to deal with the with everything that we we went through in the best way, and the best way was to show up every training and to do our best and show up every game and do our best. Probably it was enough, probably not, but. Um, if you think about it, I, I would love to see how other teams will deal with all the things that they, we went through. So, mm-hmm. um, like, personally, obviously, when you are an experienced player, you just, uh, you are more observer. I'm a really observer person. And uh, you, you see when uh, when you arrive to the stadium and you see some players that maybe, oh, uh, she doesn't have a good day. Uh, mm-hmm. This situation is is taking so much energy from her. So then you talk more to, to those players and uh, you make them to understand that at the end, this is our job. And uh, when you go on the field, wherever it takes, like training or game, you have to give your 100%. And um, I'm happy to, to, to say that uh, the majority of the players and the majority of the days, uh, everyone had been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Vera, you've played kind of everywhere, it seems like. Um, just with such an international perspective, I would love to hear, you know, how the NWSL compares to to a Spain or to a Germany um, within the women's leagues. Like, where have you liked playing most, and are there any places you'd still like to play? Um yeah, for now I have been playing in seven different countries. And um, every country is uh, I mean, first is a life experience, that for mm-hmm. sure. But also it's uh, different styles of soccer, different methodology, trainings are different, um, the games have different uh different things that uh, you have to adapt. And then um, I think that uh, if I compare uh, this league with uh, Spain. Yeah, obviously in Spain we are more technique, but the intensity is lower. Uh, if I compare with Germany, in Germany it's um, more a, a contra-attack uh, uh, games and uh, more physique. Trainings are so long and uh, uh, there are so many duels and individual things that you have to work on. Uh, Sweden was, at that time when I was there, a really competitive and 
and difficultly, so it was really good. Um, yeah, like France, uh, French Lee. I, I really think that this league here in US is uh, is competitive because it's a short one. Uh, you can lose and you can win against anyone. Mm. And uh, also, you in, know in this season, but normally you have to travel a lot. So uh, recovery time and uh, uh, food and all those things uh, make difference. And it's a, it's a, um, a style that is, uh, is really physical, but at the same time, we have really good players that uh, can do great things. So uh, I have been enjoying to play to play here, and um, you always uh, every league had made me better because you have to adapt. You are learning different things, and uh, then you you just try to to succeed in in every place. And um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to see how uh, WSL is gonna keep going next uh, years because obviously in Europe now. Uh, we are seeing that uh, they are investing more in women's football and uh, we are getting a lot of uh, good places where to play and uh, WSL has to compete with all of that. Mm. So with um, you you played uh, in for Portland in 2015. You actually have been in the NWSL before and then you returned in 2019 with Utah. What major differences have you seen from that time to where the NWSL is now that makes you just excited for the league itself and even just women's soccer uh, to continue to grow? Yeah, I think that is more, uh, a little more organized uh, from the league. I remember my time in, uh, in uh, Portland and I didn't hear so much from, uh, from the league and people in church and the mm-hmm. players association I really believe that if this pandemic uh, was going on in 2015, probably we will never will be able to play this Challenge Cup. So when you you are putting this tournament uh, on, it's because uh, there are so many people that uh, are doing a good job. So um, the only way is to keep growing, and uh, this is is gonna be a a, a big challenge for for the league. And uh, now more supporters uh, are watching and. Uh, we are getting some uh, deals with the TV, and obviously that is uh, uh, making the league better in, in every way. And um, yeah, so I think it's in, it's in the good path, but uh, we have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So right now, it feels very much like um, the WSL in England is is on the rise. I think there's a little bit of a sense of panic among NWSL fans of, you know, you see Kristen Press and Alex Morgan and all these big names within U.S. soccer going over to England. Do you do you feel like that is a threat to to the health of the NWSL, or do you feel like that kind of thing, um, more leagues growing, is is a good thing for the women's game overall? Well, obviously, it's is good for the women's uh, game. Um, what is happening in England, in Spain, also in Italy, every every league is getting is getting better, and that we have to celebrate that. But obviously, it's a threat for for the NWSL because uh, now it's like there are more teams and other places that the players want to play too. And uh, how you compete, you have to offer something that uh, is uh, is good enough and. Um, also, you have to understand that uh, sometimes, especially if we think about um, American players, it's normal that they also want to have a, a experience uh, overseas. And uh, I think that we have to accept that, the same that we accept uh, international players coming to, to this league. And um, for me, the most important is uh, that uh, we keep growing, that uh, this league has to be competitive every year and um, the, the standards have to be higher every year. And um, I, I really think that this league is really professional and uh, all the, the things that we have in the clubs, training facilities, uh, everything that we have, we have to, to keep going with that because... Um, if not, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to compete with, especially with the big clubs in in Europe. So, thinking a little bit about your your time with the national team, you know, as, as the captain of Spain, like, do you have do you have a favorite memory or 
um, maybe a favorite competition that, that really jumps out to you as like something that you'll kind of always cherish uh, as part of your time with Spain? Yeah, yeah. I have great moments with the national team, but um, if if I think about it, uh, I have to pick two of them. Uh, one of them was when the qualification for the for the Euro Cup in, in 2013 because uh, we have to play a, a playoff uh, against Scotland two games away and at home and we just uh, we just qualify in the last second literally in the last second because it was like a, a dramatic game we went to the extra time um, we have a penalty in the last minute of the extra time I shoot I miss it, and in the one minute that the referee gave us, uh, I just scored the, the best goal of my career, <laughs> the most important one. So, um, yeah, okay, that, so yeah. In that moment, how do you react? Like, that seems like such an emotional rush uh, to miss a penalty and then score the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I even don't have words uh, now to, to describe that moment. Everyone that was on that pitch uh, remember that like the highest uh, emotional moment of their careers. And um, for me personally, I, I explain it after the game. I just say, well, I was dead and I just from one minute to another, I, I just was alive again. And um, yeah, it, my career will be totally different if I didn't score that goal because in the mental side, I uh, I will be destroyed because it was the uh, the biggest uh, game uh, for for Spain. Like after that, uh, all the women uh, soccer in, in in Spain changed it, and um, yeah. So um, for me to to be able to to score that goal, it was. Uh, the best moment of, of my career. And um, and then if, if I think about other one, it was our participation in the in the World Cup in 2015 because it was the first uh, time that Spain qualified for a World Cup. So it was something historic. And uh, to be part of, of that is, is a memory that I, I will never forget. That's awesome. So I think another Spain-related question I have is: Does uh, does David Villa smell nice? He seems like a guy that would smell nice. <laughs> well, I actually I never smell him, but uh, oh. probably he smells nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Well, so one thing uh, you know, um, you were last called up in twenty seven, I believe, or twenty seventeen, I believe. Um, what's that process like as a player to be? So such a key part of a team to be the captain and then to transition out of that group, Um, you know, to no longer regularly be representing your country. What, what is that experience like? Well, I don't know how it is for other players and I don't know how it is when that process is a normal process, but for me, it wasn't a normal process. It was kind of a, a consequence of, um, uh, a fight for for our rights. So when we were in in Canada 2015, um, we we demand a change. Uh, we 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 knew that the uh, um, people in charge of uh, women's football in Spain they were not doing enough. We have the same coach for 27 years, and um, yeah, and it was the moment to to grow. So it was kind of. Uh, a fight uh, with uh, the federation to to change things, and um, after that, some some of the players we kind of pay the consequence. So um, I was in in the highest uh, moment of my career. I I play a Champions League final just uh, weeks uh, before of uh, the roster for the Euro Cup, and I was now in that roster. So I never got any explanation after 14 years being with the national team. Mm. So obviously that process for me was like uh, really a surprise and like too strong emotionally. Yeah. But um, sometimes you have to accept things because uh, I always say that um, I just can't control whatever I do and whatever I say, but I can't control other people's behaviors or, or acts. 
Mm. So um, I'm really happy of my career with the national team. I think during my 14 years there, I enjoy it and I gave everything for for my sport. And uh, yeah, and for a while it was uh, tough and sometimes it's still hurting. Mm. But uh, sometimes you just have to accept that uh, things that don't depend of you. Mm. Yeah, well, we're glad you decided to continue playing. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Um, so you mentioned your dad was a coach. Uh, is coaching something you'd like to pursue in the future or kind of just like, it's cool my dad did it, not for me. But um, I think one of the cool things we're seeing in the, like Amy LaPelbit being a former player now, she's she's a coach. Um, yeah, is that something that that you think about that's as a possibility sometime later on in the future? Yeah, that's definitely a big yes. And um, I decided that I wanted to be a coach at the same time that I decided that I wanted to be a player. So oh. there are so many years uh, um, that I, I already know that whenever uh, it's time for me to to step out of the field, I, I don't going to be far. <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. be just uh, on the bench. And um, it's something that I I'm already working on. I'm trying to to get all my license, and oh, um, also I think that my experience as a player in the highest level, especially in different uh, countries, in different leagues, with different uh, styles, that will is gonna be something that for sure is gonna help me too. But yeah, for now I just try to to keep going and uh, get better every day as a player, and um, whenever I feel that my body and my mind can't keep going on the field, then I know that uh, I I have something else and it's going to be coaching. Yeah, that that would be super cool. Um, and nice that you are able to work on your licenses too. Um, so yeah, so now we're going to transition a little bit to out of this serious questions. Um, thank you for being so kind to answer all of them. Um, so we're going to ask you some fun questions. One that we like to ask um, is if you were going to get into a bar fight and could pick one teammate to have your back, <laughs> who would that be? Um, I will say Amy Rodriguez hmm. because she have her uh, mom instinct. So <laughs> I think she's gonna, she, she, she could be the best defender. And um, even if it's a forward, I think in this case, uh, it would be fantastic to have her next to me. <laughs> uh, you are not really the first person to say that, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cindy and I are both photographers. And I think one thing that I love about photographing Amy is she looks like she can murder someone at any given moment <laughs> in the field. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I still remember last year against uh, Portland uh, oh, yeah. with uh, Sonnet, and yeah. uh, I remember because I, I I tried to stop the fight, and uh, yeah, so I I, I know how Amy on the field is always really really focused and uh, focus on the job and whatever goes through, she she can kill someone. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank- that game against Portland, I think we talk about it quite often. It actually made like our top moments of 2019. <laughs> yeah, I think that was our number one moment of 2019. <laughs> that near fight with Sonnet. Oh, poor Sonnet. Um, yeah, so next question. Uh, who's who's the favorite coach that you've played for? Um, that's a tough one because I had uh, some good coaches i have also some terrible coaches <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me the best ones were uh, tony gustafson and laura harvey um with tony uh i played for him in in sweden and uh, yeah like uh, that team it was fantastic but obviously he was a fantastic coach he's mm-hmm. a fantastic coach and all the experience that we we had with him and uh, he really pushed me to to the highest level of my career, and um, yeah, he mm. for me he's the best coach that I I had, 
And last year, I well, one of the biggest reasons why I came to Utah was because I wanted to to work with Laura, and um, maybe the results were were not great, and uh, the season was uh, kind of disappointed for everyone. But mm. uh, I still uh, grateful to to be able to work with her because uh, it was a, a great experience. What like in your mind? What what makes a coach a great coach? Like kind of what sets a, you know a great coach coach apart from like a good or kind of average coach? Uh, for me, it's the knowledge. <laughs> I I don't care how you deal with uh, with me. If you you speak strong or you don't speak that much, or uh, but if you have knowledge, you already have my respect because at the end it's like what you want as a player is to get better and to get some solutions in training and uh, in games. And um, if you have a coach that have the knowledge, you you are learning and trainings are going to be good and uh, game situations are, are going to, uh, whenever something happens, you always have someone that you trust that he, he or she can give you some solutions or, or at least during the week, next week, you're going to work on that. So for me, that is is the key to to have a coach that have the knowledge, and then obviously there is a big part in a group how you deal with players. Um, I I don't think that the coaches have to treat everyone in the same way because uh, everyone is different. So mm. you have to find a way to touch players and uh, to touch a player inside. Um, there are different ways. It's depending how the player is. And some players need that you yell at them and some players need that you touch uh, them shoulders. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that good coaches have kind of this, this balance. They are, well, they have a lot of knowledge, but they also are kind of, yeah, like, I don't know if nice persons, but at least they, they know how to to get the best for from everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was such a serious question, Lucas. Sorry, I followed it up with something really serious. I apologize. <laughs> this is the fun questions. <laughs> um, that was a good answer, though, Vero. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> so, who would you say is your soccer best friend right now? Like, who's your go-to person on the Utah squad? Um, well, right now we have um, Sam Johnson back for trainings. And oh. um, yeah, she she is just training with us. Is no okay. having contract, but okay. uh, she was when I arrived here in Utah last year. Uh, I remember since the first day we have a a really special connection, and um, mm. we are uh, friends uh, of the field too. And um, yeah, so obviously we drive, we go together for trainings, we come back together. We talk about uh, so many things mm. and um, yeah, I will say her, but I actually, we are really close in this team right now. Mm. Uh, and it's something that maybe last year we were not that close, mm. but obviously this crazy 2020 with all the things that happened, it helped the team to to get stronger and um, we do so many things together and uh, I have a great relation with Raisa, with uh, Madinolf, uh, with Gabby, with Amy Rodriguez. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's hard to to pick one. Mm. Yeah, such it does seem like a such a fun group. Um, so yeah, so how how does it feel to be one of the fan favorites in Utah? Well, that is always the best. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Obviously, we play. You play for for yourself too, no? When I play, I, because I love uh, to play soccer, and I'm here for this, and I I'm so grateful to be professional, and I play for my family, for my friends. But at the end, when you go to the stadium uh, yeah. and you see all those people there, it's like, yeah. well, this is actually why I'm playing for, and it's a kind of a extra energy and extra. Uh, strength that you have that this year is have been a little harder because we we were at least in the challenge cup we were not able to have fans mm. but um 
Yeah, I love to, after the games, I love to, to be with the fans. Uh, I think that they are the reason why women's soccer is, is growing. So we have to appreciate that. We have to take care of, of them. And uh, it's also one of the things that uh, is a big difference with men football. So um, I think men soccer, sorry. <laughs> and uh, it's something that we have to keep. Women's soccer has to keep that... Uh, proximity and, and relation with the fans and uh, for me to be able to see that uh, they appreciate it and uh, that they they think uh, of me as a one of the favorite uh, fans players uh, that means a lot and I really appreciate it and it's a, a extra motivation for me to play better and and to give more to to the team and to the fans hmm. well we appreciate you being here in, in Utah as as one of the fan favorites obviously thank you <laughs> um and then what is what has been the favorite game you have played so far as a Utah Royal um that's a good question actually mm -hmm. um, I think that I really remember my first game here uh, not the first like the opening game against uh, Washington last mm -hmm. season because it was the first time hearing I didn't expect that many people it was like uh, really nice to see that mm -hmm. the, um, so many fans were coming in and I was excited to play for the first time uh, in front of them Um, then obviously the game against Portland, <laughs> like we talked before, it, I think it was one of the the best ones because of th that competitiveness. I think that that always uh, gives something extra. And uh, yeah, I think these two are mm -hmm. probably the the best ones. Yeah, I agree. We, I love the. I, I think anytime Utah plays Portland, there's just something ex, super exciting about that. So yeah, we are kind of growing a rivality. Yeah, uh, I actually like it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of the things that here in in US we are missing that we have in Europe. You always mm -hmm. have like one team in if it's two teams in the same city, then you have that obviously that uh, rivality, but also mm -hmm. like Barca against Real Madrid, Juventus, Milan, um, like I don't know, Manchester United, Manchester City, like mm -hmm. all all the the this um, in, in every country you always have that. And here in, in the WSL we are missing that. So mm -hmm. if we can create this kind of rivalities, mm -hmm. I think it's good for the fans, it's good for the players. Uh, Is good for everyone. Yeah. At least right now we have everyone versus the courage. <laughs> well, we already beat them in the Challenge Cup, uh, actually. So uh, it That's was right. fun to see that everyone wanted to to beat them. And um, but yeah, I will say that uh, Courage and uh, Portland are mm -hmm. the two teams that are always winning. Mm -hmm. So obviously, everyone want to beat them. And um, But it's different when you have a personal rivality. That is, that is uh, better. And uh, I think you, the Royals against Portland, it can be one of them. Mm -hmm. I really think they need to start an NWSL team in Provo so we can have like a local rivalry here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too much. We are too close. We can fight in the bars. No. <laughs> <laughs> People in Provo don't go to bars. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Moving on, we're gonna uh, we have a few listener questions. Um, so the first one uh, comes from Jessica, and she wants to know um, favorite Salt Lake City brunch spot or favorite Salt Lake spot in general. Um, that's a good question. I actually go. Uh, I love some of the the places that we have here in Salt Lake. For brunch, uh, I have. A few. I can say uh, Campus. I can say Roots Cafe. Mm -hmm. I can say uh, Public Kitchen. And um, favorite. All some of my favorite places. So that's yeah, great. That's great. And but I have like a restaurant that is my favorite here in Salt Lake, and it's Takashi. I love sushi, and mm -hmm. uh, it was like uh, fantastic thing that I found this place here because I really didn't expect 
a great sushi place in Salt Lake. And uh, yeah, but we have this wine and I love it. Is that the one that's owned by Tony Beltran's father-in-law? Um, I'm not sure about it. I I don't know. I know that the owner is uh, Japanese, so I... Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, um, you know, Tony Beltran's, um, uh, his wife's dad. Okay, if it is, then we need to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure. So next time you're in there, go talk to him and, and see, and you might get a discount. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Tell them Lucas sent you. Okay. <laughs> um, Stockton asks, what do you love most about playing in Utah? Um, I mean, I love the all that we have in the club because it's a really professional place. We have a fantastic stadium. We have a, a great uh, place where to train. We have, um, yeah, like all that we need to be success. So uh, I really appreciate that because obviously we are here to do our job and to have all this help us to, to, to perform better. But then I also love the place. I mm-hmm. I love the nature, so I enjoy uh, I I enjoy every day just to see the mountains. Like I take the car or I just step out of my place and I just see the mountains, and that gives mm-hmm. me life. And uh, then every time that I can, I can go outside. I can enjoy the 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 mountains, the to be outside, and uh, also I love the weather. Knowing winter, <laughs> but when we come here, it's almost the end of uh, of winter season. So the majority of the time that I'm here, I'm enjoying this nice sunny weather. That in my region, I'm from the north of Spain, uh, is kind of uh, raining every day, a little like London. So um, for me to be here, I I enjoy every minute of the sun and summertime is fantastic. Mm. So uh, I, I really, I'm really lucky to, to live here. Mm. Um, we have a, and you can answer in, in, in Espanol, if, in Spanish, if you want, that's totally fine. But Angie Ramirez asks, ¿Cuál es la canción que te motiva antes de un partido? No tengo una canción preferida. Eh, me gusta escuchar la música que, que escuchan mis, mis compañeras porque siempre hay alguna que, que te hace reír porque la escuchan pero también la bailan entonces eh, es divertido I just say that I, I don't have a, a special song I just love to, to hear and to listen what my teammates uh, put in the speaker because it's just fun to be around For those of us who don't speak Spanish, what was the question? Oh, yeah. Uh, What is her favorite song that motivates her before a game? Ah. Probably should have started with that. We just wanted all our Spanish friends to hear hear us in Spanish. (laughs) Um, So, Rucho Leonard, who is one of the co-hosts of this very podcast, um, wants us to tell you that you're an icon and that he also loves Celta Vigo, um, but also uh, wanted to ask a little bit in depth about the stadium being named after you. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course I can talk because that <laughs> is the biggest uh, is the biggest title of my career. Like, mm. forget anything that uh, I can win on the field playing like that. Like, it's just it's the biggest recogni- recognition of my career. And um, it's also the biggest uh, express and, and show of love from my people because this stadium is uh, is in my city, is really close to where I live, is in my neighborhood, and it's a historic stadium because um, I grew up watching men first division uh, in that stadium when Compostela was in in first division. I have been watching the best uh, players in the world there. And um, I grew up dreaming of, okay, maybe I'm a girl, I can't be professional, but I will love to be like them. And uh, and now that stadium is uh, has my name. So obviously it's something really, really special 
and uh, also it was uh, a big step um, for uh, women's uh, power and uh, mm. like uh, yeah, I think that obviously I'm proud and super happy that uh, is my name. But I think that the most important is that it's a woman's name in a soccer stadium. That uh, is the first time that uh, that happened and. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I still don't believe that that is how it is, but uh, yeah, it's always nice to to come back home and uh, to see the signs when you are driving, mm. you are seeing a stadium, Belo Boquete, and mm. that is super special. Mm. It's super, super cool. Um, I think that was one of the first things that I remember just hearing about you was um, when you came to Utah was this that you had a stadium named after you. And that was, that was pretty cool to learn that. Um, yeah. And then um, Aaron asks, what can fans, what can the fans do to make Utah a desirable place to play um, for newer players, for uh, players overseas? Yeah. Well, exactly what they do. Show up, come into the Riyadh, like uh, every time that uh, we are able to play with fans and and we see so many people in the stands, that is something that we really really appreciate. So uh, I just can encourage that that they they have to keep coming and we have to to keep growing. Like next year, whenever the pandemic is gone, mm. like um, the stands has to get like more people and more people. And uh, sometimes I, I go every game to the RSL games and um, I, I just see that they have more fans than us. And I say mm. like, okay, this is the goal. We have to have exactly the same fans. And um, I think that is something that already the players already appreciate it because mm -hmm. they see the pictures and they talk to us and, and we tell them that how many people it comes and how great the fans are. And um, yeah, I, I think it's something that uh, in women's uh, soccer, we appreciate a lot. Mm -hmm. There you hear it, Utah. <laughs> Come to the games. Come to the games next 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 season, 2021. The players want to see you there. You go to RSL games. Come to Utah Royals. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, Lucas, do you have any more questions for Vero? No, that, that is it for me. Yeah. Well, Vero, this was such an honor. Thank you so much for joining us and answering all of our crazy questions and the fans' questions and the fun questions. We're just super glad you were able to join us today. So thanks for thanks for being here. Um, and yeah, have have fun. And I believe you're traveling to Washington for the game against the rain, correct? Yeah, yeah, we okay. have game this weekend. So uh, let's hope that we can do a, a good game and uh, put a, an, a good end to this crazy season. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck on Saturday, and we hope you get three goals or five. And, uh, yeah, all the best to you, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you, both of you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Vero. Yeah.